Welcome to another episode of Dr. Sex Fairy. I am Dr. Kamal Bhava, America's favorite sex doctor, and I am here to transform your life. Do you follow my TikTok account, Dr. Sex Fairy? You really should. You will pick up all kinds of tips and tricks and even have a laugh or two. Today, we are going to talk about how to get your wife to do what your girlfriend does. But this episode is not about cheating. We aren't getting dark here. This episode is about how to have fun in your relationship and how to have a more fulfilling sex life. We aren't going into swingers and polyamory. This is not to diss any of that. We're just not getting into that. You've got to share this episode with your partner so that you can start communicating about what you both want and need. But before we get started, let's make sure that you follow me here so that you never miss a Dr. Sex Fairy podcast episode. And please support this podcast in me by leaving a five-star review. My guest today is Jordan Hakes, the host of the very, very popular Horny Housewife podcast. Jordan and I discuss the art of the blowjob in episode 46 of the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast. And I had to bring her back for another great conversation. Welcome back, Jordan. Hello, I'm so glad to be back. Had so much fun the first time. It's so fun having you on the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast. So let's talk about how to get your wife to do what your girlfriend does, aka bringing fun back into your relationship. My favorite, one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite topics. So let's yeah. talk about love languages. How do you think love languages affect fun in a relationship and that excitement that you feel with a girlfriend, but perhaps not with your wife? I think it's super, super important. And when you're dating, when it's your girlfriend or your boyfriend, whatever, you're more keen, you know, you're your best self. You know, I feel like you don't even really know the person until you've been with them six months a year because you're putting on your best foot forward. If you're a woman, you're hiding the crazy, you know, you're stuffing <laughs> the crazy down and you're going to let it out when your claws are sunk into him. But I think that with women, we're more relational in my opinion. And I think it's easier for us to pick on like what he likes. And if we're trying to impress him, you, you know how to do it. You know how to turn it on versus when you don't care. And men, y'all are trying way harder. You're trying to like stand out. You know, she's not a hundred percent yours yet. And so you're trying and you have to figure out in which way does she receive love. Now, unfortunately, there are people that end up getting married and they don't even know each other's love languages. And it's not until they're like miserable and saying, you never do this. And you don't ever do that and show me love when the whole time they just perceive and receive love differently. And I think that some people assume their spouse's love language or their significant other's love language and they're wrong. So you have to communicate. There's quizzes you can take on the Internet to see which one it is, because what are the love languages? Their physical touch, quality time, acts of service, acts of, mm-hmm. yeah, gifts. Physical, what did I say? Yeah, did I say you said all? them all, I think. Words right? of affirmation. Yeah, words of affirmation. Mine. Yeah, yeah. There you I'm go. words and I'm touch, which I feel like a lot of guys are words and touch, but I'm words and touch. And so I think you have to know those because if you're doing it wrong, you're going to miss the mark every time. Absolutely. Now I'm trying to think what my love languages are. Can you have like 
Can everything be our love language? I, I think know. you can have like an order, like your top, yeah. your top three for sure. Cause yeah. I love gifts too. Uh, I mean, I love them all, yeah, but no. I really need someone to hype me up. If I had to pick one of, I think my favorite love language would probably be quality time. And then it would be words of, I guess, affirmation that makes me, Which, tells me that the person's in the right, you know, headspace for the relationship, yes. I suppose, physical touch, and then acts of service where they want to do nice things for me and help me and, you know, just make my life nicer, better. And then I think gifts would be number five for me. They, they would be the least important. Well, that's really uh, not shallow of you and materialistic because gifts would be right after <laughs> physical touch for me. And that's yeah, fine too. That's fine. I just feel that I need personally somebody who spends more time with me. And it doesn't have to necessarily be even in person. Even if it's just um, a text, if it's just a quick phone call, hi, how's your day going? Oh, I'm just driving to CVS. You know, this happened, that happened, so-and-so pissed me off or you know, I had a really great day and this is why it was a great day. I had a great podcast guest. She's from the Horny Housewife podcast. And, you know, I love yeah. her. She's awesome. You know, simple things, you know, simple yeah. things, but just being yeah. involved with each other's life and knowing what's going on. I For think sure. that's important to me. I, I completely agree. And I think that what you just described is someone being emotionally available to you Yes, because it's someone that gives a shit. Oops, pardon me. No, it's you're allowed to that, say that. <laughs> okay. It's someone that gives a shit about your day or even like faking it. Like I know when you've been in a long, in relationship for a long time that you don't feel like you need to say, how was your day? Maybe you feel like you already know how their day went or these little things. And it goes so far, especially for women. I think a majority, maybe not all, but the little things can really add up. And the little things also can gain a lot of momentum for you. So if you're trying to spice it up in the bedroom, just little things. Some people are like, I can't afford to buy her flowers every day. You could write her a nice little note. There are tons of free things that you don't need to dish out a bunch of cash to show her that you care. Agreed a hundred percent. It's so important to, to do thoughtful things, whether it's a note left in the fridge, even, you know, I had that happen to me once. I was just so touched. Something as simple as that made me feel loved. I know. I never get rid of those things because it was like some little token of appreciation and the guy, they might think like, well, that's so silly. It's like, you don't even know how much power you have guys to remind this woman that she's special. Yeah. And if you want her to be, vulnerable in the bedroom and receptive in the bedroom and one like initiating sex, you've got to have that connection there. Women, that's really important for women. Yes. You've got to feel loved and appreciated and, you know, set her free. Let her go on a girl's night out. Let her have that time with her girlfriends to bitch and have fun and laugh and, you know, let off some steam. And maybe she'll come back more whole than she left. She'll probably come back drunk and horny. There you so go. Let her... <laughs> Let her go. <laughs> let her go. Let her ease into whatever it is your relationship is. Let her have those moments, those breaks. And I think men should be allowed to have those too, because very often relationships can be very stifling, where you get offended if the person goes out without you in the evening. And But there's got to be that trust though, right? Because in a regular monogamous relationship, you don't want your partner cheating on you or flirting with other people. 
Well, some people may think flirting is okay. Some people don't think it is. And, you know, that's whatever's right for your relationship. But right. you've got to let them be. You've got to let them breathe. And maybe if you, you know, if she's going on a girl's weekend trip or something and you leave a few notes in her luggage that she finds over time during the weekend, how sweet would that be? You and know? same with the, if the guy is going out of town, mm-hmm. the girl leaving maybe like a naughty little something, some, whether mm-hmm. it's her panties that you pack in there, in, dirty his, panties, in his jacket pocket, <laughs> anything you want it to be uh-huh. just a little memento. I think men will find that super sexy. That's such a girlfriend move that wives aren't doing anymore. The sex, which some people aren't comfortable with, but if you are, if you used to be sexting or you used to do all these things when you were the girlfriend that you're like, oh, wow, I haven't done those in a couple of years or ever since we had kids or ever since we got married. It's like time to date your spouse again. Yes. I mean, sexting is highly underrated. You can tell him what you want to do to him and later make good on your threat. And it's great. Uh, it builds anticipation and it's mm-hmm. arousing. And then you've got something to think about and feel and, aroused. And, about. and like you said, here's the beauty of it. It costs nothing. Exactly. Exactly. I hate when guys give that excuse. Yeah. I mean, it's not an just excuse. to get that excitement in a relationship, it doesn't cost you anything, but some thoughtfulness, right? I mean, right. just think Intention. about those things. Intention. If you want it to be good, it will be good. Now I'm not saying that There are some people with mental illness of some kind. There's no saving some relationships. I get it. But for the most part, you can salvage a relationship. You can bring that fun back. Now, I'm from India. And people say, oh, Indian marriages last because they're just not allowed to divorce. That's not true. That's not true at all. Now, I was raised to think that marriage was for keeps. There's no concept of starter marriages in India. And I've spoken about this on the podcast before. This is not to dis- American or Western culture. It's just, I grew up with a different mindset that marriage is for keeps. And so when you decide that marriage is for keeps, now the irony is I'm divorced, but that's a whole other can of worms. Uh, But you know, the idea is that you do what it takes to keep the spice alive. You do what it takes to keep the fun in the relationship because you're not giving yourself that exit option. And it's surprising how well your relationship will go when you're simply not giving yourself that option. 100%. I agree so much because the couples that they, that's not on the table when they have this, when there are couples that constantly create this out or this, like this no longer serves me, I'm out. It's very, very conditional kind of thing. Like the commitment has all these conditions on it or whatever, versus people who were like, this is what we set out to do. We know that life is full of curveballs and seasons and us evolving. And it's really important that you evolve together and talk about it. Like going back to the bedroom, if you don't express what you want, like don't expect to get it. And what you may be into in the girlfriend phase, you may find out 10 years later that you're really into X, Y, and Z, and you don't know how to share with your partner. I think that that's important to do. And you may be surprised at how, how they react to you. They may be totally down. Absolutely. We evolve. We, we grow in different ways. And what worked may not work. And what we were convinced we would not do, maybe now we're suddenly into it because now it suddenly seems more exciting 15, 20, 30 years out. You're into that now because maybe you've let go of those walls you had around you. 
And, and that's a, that's a cool thing to do for the couples that are super committed to like be intentional and open-minded and curious to see, like, I have you forever. So let's explore and learn one another's bodies and have like the best sex we possibly can. Yes. And I have this couple I've mentioned before on the podcast several times. Their names are Jim and Cindy, 70 years old, having sex twice a day. They decided, <sighs> yeah, they met later in life. She was a widow. And she'd not had sex for many years. And I can say all this. It's not a HIPAA violation because I have her permission. They're the best. So she hadn't been having sex for a while because her husband had issues. And, you know, she was in her 60s. Then he died. Then she was recovering from the fact that she was now a widow. Then she meets Jim online. Now, Jim lives in Las Vegas. She lives in South Florida in Boca. And they meet online and uh, he comes to visit. And I mean, I think she went to visit and then he came, but however it was, they were frisky as all hell, but being frisky isn't enough. You need function too, right? right? So when you want your wife to be your girlfriend, you've got to have the function as well. So as you're getting older, like these two are getting older, they didn't have as much function. They came to me for help. And guess what? Mm-hmm. I helped Jim with his erectile dysfunction. I helped make Cindy's vagina sing Drake. And next thing you know, they're having crazy wild sex, sex. legendary sex, twice a day sex. And they are happy. They got married. She was wearing a white bikini on the beach. Of course, what else would Cindy (laughs) wear? And I was invited to the wedding, of course, because I helped, you know, orchestrate that whole thing. I made your penis. I I helped your penis. I helped that vagina. I made this damn thing happen. I better be invited. No, but I really was invited. And it's great. So I think that when you're going into these long-term relationships for For you to want your wife to be like your girlfriend, also remember that her body is changing. And you've got to understand that as she's getting menopausal, her hormones aren't what they were. Her vaginal tissue isn't what it was. She's probably loosey-goosey down under. That's my medical term, loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey. But you know, vaginal laxity is a real problem. So you can tighten that vagina. You can make it more pleasurable for her. Maybe she has incontinence. Maybe she's embarrassed if you go down on her, she's smelling of urine. So this has to be discussed kindly, gently, but you know, you've got to be sensitive to what's going on with her and help her get help. For instance, if you're a man listening to this podcast, share this with her, just send it. Let her know, hey, I saw this fun podcast or I heard this fun podcast and Share it with her. Maybe it's a way to quietly start that conversation without being too overt about what you're trying to achieve. Maybe initially, yeah. you know, testing the waters. So cool. it's nice to send these resources as maybe gentle reminders or just prodding them along a little bit at a time. For and, sure. Oh, yeah. gosh. Having outside sources to help you because you don't know it all. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. need to learn from other places. When you were talking about the loosey goosey. I want to know, are, do Kegels not really work? The problem with Kegels is that there's not enough strength in what you can do yourself. I actually have a device in my office. It's like a vaginal probe, like a dildo. Um, you know, we loop that puppy up and we put it inside you and it Kegels for you. Now it's not a lazy woman's Kegel. It's not that at all. Because you can keep kegling with the best intention at every red light, like they tell you, just kegel at red lights. Every kegel, every kegel. red light, I look left and right. I'm like, I wonder how many of these damn women are kegling right now. That's so hilarious. the thing is, you can't you can't put enough oomph in it to get the job done. I'm not saying they're uh, useless; they they do serve some purpose, but they're not going to. You have do, to sit there all day. 
Yeah, and even then you're not going to get that much, you know, muscle, muscle stimulation because that's the point. You're stimulating the muscle, right? You can't stimulate it that much. So this machine literally kegels for you. If only I could show you a video, or, uh, we have a rendering of how it actually, you know, stimulates the muscle, how it goes. And that kind of thing is going to make your vagina, you know, it's going to take it back in time. So Kegels, like, like you were a virgin, I well, sign me up. Oh, tomorrow. my friend, the things I can do to your <laughs> vagina, as dysfunctional as that may sound, it's not meant to sign be kinky. Me yeah, no, really, I can tighten your vagina. I can help you with your pelvic floor strength with, you know, the Kegels with the device. I can do a non-surgical labiaplasty and make your uh, labia look beautiful as can be like back when, you know, you were nubile and 20 years old. Now you're younger oh, than me, but gosh, you know. I'm fantasizing and <laughs> you know what I mean so you can really really amp things up and then I do the bava shot people have heard of the o shot I do the bava shot it's my version of it because I have done so many of them that I've come to a point where I know exactly how I like to do it and I inject the women painlessly and I am using uh, their blood their growth factor to stimulate their stem cells. So I am increasing the size of the clitoris. I am making it more sensitive. And I'm also injecting inside the vaginal canal to help that rejuvenate itself. So if you want your wife to be your girlfriend, help her know that there is all this out there. Help right. her get help. I was like, my, that is a part of the girlfriend experience is feeling like your vagina before you had all those children and like incontinence for, for example, before I had kids, I thought that that was like really old people. And mm -hmm. it's actually, it's not, not really old people not, no. because if I sneeze three times in a row, I pee on myself. Yeah. So I can't do more than 10 jumping jacks. Not really. But all I know is that childbirth can change the whole game. It can. And so. cancer can. So much can, menopause can, so much can change. So it's okay to accept that there's a problem and, and get help for it. And also, if you want your wife to be in, and do what your girlfriend does, well, how about you have the penis you used to have back then? Because as you're getting older, yes. your risk of erectile dysfunction is going up 10% for every decade of life. So 40% of men in their 40s, 50% of men in their 50s. If you're um, not you know, rocking her world, how is she going to want to rock yours? These things are fixable and you don't have to take Viagra and Cialis. In fact, I don't prescribe Viagra and Cialis in my practice. I help men genuinely get better. And that's last for the long term instead of like a little Band-Aid. Yes. Fix. And without the side effects of dangerous medicines like Viagra, Cialis, and even Trimix, the shot that men give themselves in the penis to get an erection. Oh. Do you oh. know that from that you can get priapism, which is an erection that doesn't go away? Now, I don't know if you know, but I am a Cleveland Clinic trained board certified ER doctor as well. And I worked in the ERs for, you know, the better part of two decades at this point. And do you know how many men I saw coming in for this? They're traumatized. And oh my God. So their dick was, their penis just stayed completely hard? Stayed hard. And initially they thought that was the best thing ever. Yeah. And can you imagine how embarrassing it is for them to come into the ER with that? They're traumatized. Yeah, it's horrible. And then you, if the medicines don't work, then you have to cut it and drain it. You can have oh long-term impotence from God. this because time is penis. And, you know, if you, if you have an erection for 24 hours, you're never getting it up again. You're just not. <gasps> so then you need an implant and all kinds of things. It's just a mess. So oh people think it's so Lord. benign taking these meds. In fact, some guys come and say to me, well, Dr. Bava, I am going on a vacation. Will you just write me for a few pills? And I say, are you joking? Why? No, 
No. Do some extra Bava wave treatments before you go. Get that blood flowing. I'm not writing you Viagra. Are you insane? No. Yeah. It's just a little quick fix, instant gratification. And, be, yeah. and beyond the your genitals and keeping that all right and tight, I think it's the whole the whole package of if we want the girlfriend experience and you want it spicy in the bedroom, that you have to be intentional and people care about people who care about themselves. So staying in shape, treating your body like a temple, meaning not putting shit food in it all the time is really important. I think that affects your drive. If you come home every day and you put on the TV and you drink alcohol, like you don't expect to have a high sex drive and feel connected with your partner. And don't expect to have the function to go with it either. Because Agreed. if you're if you're not exercising, if you don't have, and I'm not saying, you know, Tom Brady exercising, that's not even reasonable for anybody but Tom Brady. Um, I feel that if you're not exercising, getting some some kind of movement in your life, be it a walk, be it, you know, a few minutes on the treadmill, be it, you know, an elliptical or some weights, you've got to get that blood flowing. You've got to get those muscles pumping somehow. And, and your heart beating, and you're, right? Yeah, you got to get your heart rate up, you know, whatever is safely possible. Some people aren't allowed to do that, but, you know, most people are. And you've got to get that blood flowing. You've got to get moving. You've got to also keep the alcohol down because that's going to affect everything. Um, it's going to increase your weight. It's going to do everything, you know, that we just discussed. And here's the other problem with being overweight. Your penis starts to look smaller. It does. Brutal yeah. truth fact is that the bigger... The belly, the beer belly. The, the penis starts to just go, like it just gets sucked it in. It like, goes in, in yeah. there. And then you're trying to look for it. And that's not sexy. It's not And sexy. I know our bodies change as we get older, but we are able, I think you make time for what's important. You can make time for literally anything if you want it bad enough. And yes. that should be taking care of yourself because it affects everything. And I don't want to hear that you can't afford a gym membership. You don't have to have a gym membership. Yeah. You can do things at home with soup cans if you have to. You can go out for a walk. A walk costs nothing but some walking shoes. I think I think you've got to take care of yourself. If you and same for women, you have got to take care of yourself physically. Or what is your man going to be attracted to? Really, we've got we are physical creatures. I'm not saying that a relationship should be just about aesthetics, but. Right. Don't we first get attracted by our with our eyes? Right? It's like a like a primal attraction and I know some people don't like admitting that, but it is true and then if you, you know, let yourself go, I know that's a mean term, but it is something that people do and they're just not trying anymore and it's obvious. It's like you can get into this roommate phase where maybe you're being great teammates. Maybe there's not some underlying resentment where you hate each other. That's great. But if there's no sexiness, if you're not dating each other at all, then it's like all the passion flies out the window. And then he starts noticing a secretary who dresses up every day. That's terrible. That was dark. And you said you didn't want to get dark. No, but, no, but, it's, but it happens saying. though. And I'm not saying yeah. that there's justification for immorality or for cheating and infidelity. No, no. We're not saying that. And I know neither are you. I get that. But that's when I start to wander because you've got to get your thrill somewhere, take care right? Of it. So yeah, you're so, neglecting it. Yeah. So it's better to just take care of yourself, take care of your partner and, and keep it, keep it home. And, and then the other thing I want to tell people is that sometimes you need sex therapy. I can help you with the sexual medicine. I can help you with all the function, 
But it's okay to admit that maybe you need to talk to somebody and you should be open to that because maybe if you can get that spark back emotionally and psychologically, and I give you the function physically, now suddenly that's a game changer. You've got the formula to get it back You've on track. You've got that and, secret sauce. And I've talked to some sex therapists and I know it can sound so intimidating, but some of them are like, when, people, when couples first come in, sex isn't even the first thing we're talking about. It's a bunch of other stuff because a lot of the times it's a symptom of something else or some underlying uh, issue or anxiety or miscommunication. And if we can get that all cleared up, or it can be something that has nothing to do with your partner and all to do with yourself and your own confidence and sexuality as a person. Yes. And sometimes it can be cultural. For instance, maybe they grew up in a very sex negative household. Maybe mom and dad were very physically distant and cold with each other. And that's what they saw. And we model what we grow up with to, to mm. quite an extent. So sometimes you have to break them free of the shackles of their childhood. I'm not blaming everything, you know, mom and dad did this and everything is their fault. No, but sometimes that happens. It's an issue. So oh, sex therapy can be a great way to pull that out of people. I, yeah, I don't want to like religion shame or any way, but I definitely know I have close friends and people who have culturally been instilled, maybe limiting beliefs around their sexuality, or they felt they didn't feel like you see that said they didn't see at home intimacy or connection between their parents, no PDA, no touching, no kissing. And so they kind of feel uncomfortable. And so sometimes sex therapy can be a great way for them to discover themselves more. Yeah. And on my uh, last, in my last episode with you, the art of the blowjob, I had mentioned my um, friend, Dr. Jacobson. Um, I refer a lot of my patients to him and I jokingly tell them, and it's true that I don't get anything out of it. He's not even giving me a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> I just, He's that good. No, I, I think that it's a great adjunct to what I do. Because I can provide them the genitalia and the function of their dreams. I can make penises go from uh-uh to epic. Ooh. I can make vaginas tight as they came, you know, when, you know, back when you do were Do you have 16. a gallery, a before and after gallery? I do. I, I do, actually. You can look at <laughs> drsexfairy.com. There's a gallery on there. After we're done recording, go look. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think it's just important that your head's in the right place. And that's how I help some of my patients get that. I don't send everybody to therapy, but some of them do need it. I have this lady who comes to me. Um, she was talking about how she's not orgasmic. And I always ask the men, uh, when they talk about ED, are you able to masturbate without a problem? Because then that tells me there's maybe a relationship issue, not so much function. And if the women come in and say, I'm just not orgasmic, ah, da, 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 you know, I ask them about, are you having penetrative sex? Are you... Uh, not orgasming when he goes down on you? Are you using sex toys? Are you? I ask those questions, they're relevant because I really get into why this is happening. And that's what makes me yeah. so good at what I do is I really understand what the problem is by the time I get started with the physical treatments. So this lady uh. says to me, well, he doesn't go down on me. So I'm thinking, I'm assuming that he's refusing to go down on her. So I say, well, when did he stop doing that? Why, why did he stop doing that? Was there an incident and this and that? She said, well, because I, I don't let him. And I said, why? Did you have something happen? She's like, no, I just think that he'll think what? I'm dirty. I said, why? You've had two children with this man. Like, this is not a new boyfriend. <laughs> like, you grew up with this guy. I don't think he thinks you're yeah. dirty. He's still with you, right? And so, 
here we are anyway. So I sent them to Dr. Jacobson. Wow, that's interesting. You know, they had everything to do with her and her self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. what she thought of it. And I'm sure he probably wanted to go down there. He's probably yeah. been so if he out. wants his wife to be his girlfriend, he better get her to the sex therapist. True that. Yeah. Being that safe space for your person and, and not if they come to you with something, don't like if you diss them or you dismiss them or you write it off, like you're only hurting yourself too. You're hurting the connection that you have and ultimately killing the passion in the bedroom. Yes. I mean, most people will feel that their relationship with their partner is worth salvaging. And that's why I say, that if you want your wife to be your girlfriend or to do what your girlfriend does, think about these things. Maybe send her this podcast as a link. Get that conversation going, right? I mean, that's why you and I decided to talk about it because it's a real issue. People are suffering. Yeah, I know. I think this is a great resource. I'm sure all of your episodes are really interesting and helpful. And I mean, a lot of our relationships have high stakes. People aren't re- wanting to leave. They've got beyond a kids and a mortgage and a life together. They want to be with their partner. Yes. And I think that it's, we only have one life. You should be having great sex and you should be having an orgasm. There you go. Great yeah. words to end this podcast with. So how can people find you, Jordan? You can find me, you can listen to me on my podcast, the Horny Housewife Podcast wherever you enjoy podcasts and you can find me on social media on Instagram at underscore the horny housewife podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me again. I had so much fun. Always a, always a blast with you, my friend. And to my listeners, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned some fun tips on how to make your wife, your girlfriend. Once again, how to make your husband, your boyfriend again, life is short, have orgasms until next time. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like to get in touch with me, email me at askme at drsexfairy.com. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. And make sure you follow my blockbuster hit TikTok account, Dr. Sex Fairy.